Welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So where are Canadians heading for their summer vacation? And are those low-cost air carriers that have started up or soon to start up really having an impact on airfares? Well, I'm kind of hoping so. We're going to talk to the folks from Kayak about those topics in our podcast this week. We'll also head to Quebec City and the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac. That's the hotel you see on most of the postcards and images of Quebec City. It's a gorgeous hotel situated right in the heart of old Quebec City. And it almost feels like you're in the middle of a European city. And this year, they are celebrating their 125th birthday, so we'll hear more about that a little later on in the podcast. But first, are you a bit like me? You get a little stiff after sitting for too long while driving or flying? Well, we have some tips for you on how to ease the pain and stiffness. Carly Anderson is a physiotherapist at Momentum Health, and she is here to give us some ergonomic health tips. Hi, Carly. Hi there. Tell me what ergonomic risks are first. Well, basically, ergonomics, first of all, refers to your body positioning, um, and it can be related to posture or just different positions that you can be, whether it's um, with work or just even day-to-day things. So uh, if you are thinking about ergonomic risk factors when it comes to something like uh, traveling, sitting in a car for a long time or on a plane, um, it can just be that you're in those sustained postures for so long and that you're actually getting reduced blood flow to your muscles um, for so long in one position. So that's basically the risk is that you're just not moving. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's a bad thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So, well, I I guess in the two examples uh, that you use driving, uh, there's not much, if you're the driver, there really isn't too much you can do until you stop and get out. If you're an airplane, there's a few things you can do though, or if you're a passenger, right? Yeah, exactly. So in an airplane, it's a little bit easier, especially if you're on that aisle seat to um, kind of stretch your legs out, get up, even just do a couple of stretches that can be prescribed to you by a physiotherapist uh, beforehand. Uh, You can also get up and walk up and down the aisles. That's easy enough to do. Um, But one of the easiest things you can do, um, even as a driver in a car, is just do what we call foot and ankle pumping, which is just kind of bringing your toes up towards you and then placing your foot back down on the ground. So you're just lifting your foot up and down, and that will get your muscles moving and get your blood pumping back up from your feet. I'm doing it now. (laughs) I'm good. I'm practicing it. Well, one thing that that I notice is my neck gets awfully stiff. I don't know if that has to do more of the suspension or the roads themselves. So is is your neck and your back and your shoulders, I think when you're a driver, because you're, I don't know, you're still sitting in that one position all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the really unfortunate thing about being a driver in a car is that car seats these days, I mean, find some good ones but for the most part they don't really set you up in a very good position for your spine so even if it's that there's not enough low back support in the seat that can um, affect things the way up the spine into your neck as well plus you're having to keep your hands on the steering wheel at all times to be safe and to have good control over the vehicle so your shoulders might get a little bit cranky with that and you can create a little bit of tension especially if you're driving in bad weather that can be a lot of stress which uh, holds tension in your shoulders and your neck as well so The seats, to begin with, are no good, Um, so there's a couple little tweaks that we can make, though, to make your posture a bit better in the seat. Okay, like what? 
My favorite thing is actually to just change the lumbar support in your car, which means the support in your low back. So some vehicles will come with a um, a feature in the seat settings that can allow you to kind of pump up the support um, in your low back. If you have a car that doesn't have that, though, there are some small cushions that you can buy at any one of our locations that will just place a little bit of support um, softly in your low back, which will correct your posture all the way up. And that in itself will bring your shoulders back and keep your chin tucked in, rain off of your neck. I can drive for about three hours and then I get sort of, sort of squirrely and I can probably handle yeah. about a six-hour flight before getting really squirrely. So it's, when people are on those uh, 10, 12-hour flights, and uh, yeah, and I, I know you just talked about getting up and moving around, but uh, sometimes it's not always easiest to do that. So any other yeah. suggestions like that? One of the things that can be really helpful for that is just practicing some breathing strategies. So some deep breathing can really help to get your circulation going. Um, and that's going to allow oxygen to get sort of all into the, all the corners of your body too. Um, and more oxygen and more blood flow is, is one, it's going to give you more energy to allow your muscles to hold you in an upright position and in a better posture. Um, but it's also going to keep those muscles a lot healthier um, and less likely to develop um, muscle tension or eat. one of the bigger risk factors for those long flights is actually blood clots in the legs. So mm-hmm. if you can, if you can get your breathing going and, and again, use that foot and ankle pumping, like I talked about, then you can prevent that from happening. Good, good advice. Uh, Any other things that I might have missed? Uh, Well, one thing that I like to recommend to my patients is um, to make sure that their seat in their car specifically is set at about a 30-degree angle from straight upright. A lot of people think that the seat needs to be exactly perpendicular to the the floor in order to give them a nice straight back, but what that's going to do is actually push the shoulders forward more and um, bring you into a poor posture. So if the seat can be reclined 30 degrees, then it's usually a little bit easier on, on the low back and the neck. Very good. Carly Anderson is a physiotherapist with Momentum Health. The, the website is MomentumHealth.ca. Thanks for the uh, advice, Carly. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, this year, the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac is celebrating their 125th birthday. It's a beautiful hotel overlooking Quebec City and perfectly located near all the historic sites of old Quebec City. And I was very fortunate to stay there a few years ago and enjoyed it immensely. So to tell us more about the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac and their 125th birthday is the hotel manager, Robert Mercure. He joins us now. Hi, Robert. Good morning. How are you, Randy? I'm well, thank you. Must be a lot of celebrations going on there. 125 years. You got to like that. That is uh, certainly no small feat in the hotel industry, that's for sure. So, congratulations. Well, thank you. We're thrilled, and it's really a, a year-long uh, series of activities that we're celebrating. So uh, we're excited. It's been going great so far. Mm-hmm. So well, <laughs> here we are halfway through the year, so I'm sure you've done some celebrating, but uh, the celebrating's not done yet, is it? Uh, far from that. Um, we're celebrating uh, all kinds of uh, heritage and historical aspects of the hotel, famous personalities that have visited um, We've uh, we've had a lot of amazing history that's happened in this hotel. We're launching uh, just shortly uh, an exposition on the conferences of Quebec that occurred back in 1993 and 19 uh, sorry 1943 and 1944 with uh, Winston Churchill and Roosevelt and and all the leaders uh, during the World War II conferences. 
Uh, we're also doing a special exposition this summer on the construction of the Chateau Frontenac, which is really a fascinating story. Um, where we reside, the site that we're on is actually the original uh, Fort uh, St. Louis, uh, where Champlain originally settled and founded Quebec and essentially was the creation of New France and ultimately Canada, literally where the Chateau Frontenac resides. And so that's there's really 410 years of history uh, on our site. So we're, we're celebrating a number of different aspects of, of our heritage. Here. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a cool place to stay, I must admit. I have stayed there, and really, it, it is like going back in history, and you're very close to uh, the old city of Quebec, where a lot of historic mo- uh, places are. So uh, touch on the uh, the meetings uh, during the Second World War. I, I was not aware of this, and, and I'm kind of a history buff, but it, uh, that's kind of a cool story. Well, there's some really fascinating stuff. Uh, there was two conferences of Quebec, and uh, the first one in 1943 uh, was really the... Um, the, the planning of Normandy. And uh, so all the Allied leaders met here. Uh, it was a top secret thing. They emptied the hotel. Uh, and Roosevelt and Churchill and uh, Mackenzie King uh, were here uh, to make all the, the final plans. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a funny anecdote uh, that occurred is that um, they, they left so quickly uh, after they held their meeting here, which was really the ratification, essentially the finalization of the plans of the Normandy invasion. Uh, they actually forgot some top secret documents in, in one of our meeting rooms. And one of our staff uh, saw this and saw that it looked to be of value. Um, Frank Brittle, and uh, he contacted a uh, the lieutenant who was basically the meeting planner of the event, uh, who was working for the army, uh, a Canadian, and um, he um, Emile Couture. Uh, came and he was like, "Holy smokes, this is really important stuff." He grabbed it all. He went and hid it in his in his home because he wasn't able to get through to anyone in Ottawa or in London uh, to say that you guys forgot some pretty important maps and documents. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, back then, at the time, on the other side of the ocean, they were panicking because they thought some spy had stolen the, the the plans or whatever, and that they'd have to change all their plans. Finally, they they hooked up together, and everyone was super happy, and they gave the the top um, civilian honor to a non-British citizen, well, uh, to a Canadian, uh, which is the, I think, the, the Medal of Honor for, from Great Britain wow. to this Monsieur Couture, yeah, who, uh, who basically saved the day in terms of the secrecy of these plans. Well, thank goodness um, there was no social media back then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the following year, when the leaders re-met, they really were starting to plan uh, the, the post-World uh, War II um, uh, uh, occupation and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's actually the 75th year anniversary this year of the 1943 conference, which we're going to celebrate. So uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And well, of course, yeah. there's Canada Day as well. Uh, what, what does uh, the Chateau or the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac uh, celebrate for Canada Day? Well, we have a big celebration here on the on the terrace, the Dufferin Terrace. Um, we have a lot of uh, government officials here. We serve a huge birthday cake uh, that we give uh, to the public, and there's thousands of people here. So it's actually a lot of fun, and there's uh, some nice ceremonies. There's various military bands, and we have a lot of different ministers and things here, a lot of VIPs. So it's a, it's a wonderful celebration here mm-hmm. on the terrace. So yeah. tell me about the uh, hotel today. What what kind of services, amenities? Uh, I imagine you're, uh, you've got all the luxuries that people are looking for nowadays and, and, and compared to 125 years ago, right? 
Well, for sure, and, and what's interesting in that is that the original construction of the Chateau Frontenac was inspired by the castles from the, the Loire Valley in France. And so there's always been this this um, uh, very sort of respectful reference to, to heritage, but the, 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 the literal roots of the concept of the Chateau Frontenac was to always look quite historic, but always offer the most modern technology and amenities and service and things like that. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was running water and bathrooms in the, in, the, in the guest rooms, or electricity for that matter, and um, it's evolved, and we've, we've maintained the, that inspiration of uh, Cornelius uh, uh, Van Horn, uh, the creator of Canadian Pacific uh, Railroads, uh, we were part of the obviously one of the the, the you know the original hotels uh, for the, the the chain of Canadian Pacific, and uh, we just went through a hundred million dollar renovation a couple of years back, where we essentially renovated the entire hotel. So we have fully updated uh, outlet uh, concepts, uh, restaurant concepts, uh, all new meeting space, all new guest rooms, uh, public space. Uh, it was a pretty comprehensive makeover, and it's been a, it's been a huge uh, success. So we really wanted to be very respectful and very um, sensitive to re- respecting the history of the hotel, mm-hmm. but also bringing in all the latest uh, technology and amenities and and uh, really making, uh, whether it's with certain uh, style of furniture and colors and things like that. So it, it's come out to, to, it's turned out to be very, very well and the market's uh, been very, very uh, enthusiastic about the success. Nice. And there's a lot of rooms for people to choose from. It is a large hotel. So describe some of the, the, the uh, different accommodation types that uh, people can take advantage of. We have 611 rooms in the hotel. We have five restaurants. Um, we have uh, over 40,000 square feet in meeting space for conventions. We do a lot of conventions as well. Um, we're really in the heart of old Quebec, so you, you really are surrounded by history and uh, attractions and restaurants and things like that. All very, very walkable. Um, in terms of hotel accommodations, obviously we we have uh, all the top amenities, whether it's pools and terraces and spas and uh, gyms and things like that. Uh, we're we're uh, we're very proud of all the various activities. In fact, we often refer to ourselves as a heritage urban resort. So even though we're in a bit of an urban environment here in Old Quebec, uh, it's a heritage urban aspect, and it's it's really a resort. So we have a lot of partnerships with local uh, people for activities, whether it's cycling or boating or uh, golf and things like that. So it's like going to really an urban resort mm-hmm. in Old Quebec. Yeah. Well, you're right. The location is absolutely fabulous. I think uh, most people are familiar with just about every postcard they see of uh, Quebec City <laughs> as a picture of the Fairmont Chateau of Frontenac. But really, I recall you step out the front doors and and you almost feel like you're in Europe uh, because you you know you are you have the cobblestone streets and then there's uh, old Quebec just uh, blocks away that you can uh, just go and like you say very walkable. For sure. I mean, I often refer to Quebec City as the Paris without the jet lag yeah. in North America. <laughs> I, I would argue it's probably the most European city in, in Canada. Um, we certainly give Montreal a run for their money. Um, and, and it's fascinating. I mean, people, it's, it's wonderful culinary uh, and all kinds of activities. It's really la, la joie de vivre here in, in old Quebec and, and uh, very, very authentic, uh, you know, where we reside uh, in Old Quebec is actually a World Heritage, uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, and we're also a national 
uh, uh, heritage site for the Preservation Trust in Canada. So it, what's fun is that we're officially recognized as really uh, something extremely authentic, uh, and we're the only walled city, and sometimes people forget that, but mm-hmm. we're the only walled city in North America. Um, so Quebec City retained its, its original uh, fortifications. So it, it's led to a very unique architecture and beauty uh, in town, and, and uh, it's great. It's uh, very romantic and, and beautiful. Yeah, lots of history. That's why I like it. Uh, Quebec City is one of my favorite uh, cities. And congratulations on 125 years. Fairmont Chateau Frontenac is celebrating. And you find all the info on the Fairmont website, fairmont.com. And Robert Mercure is the general manager of the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac. I, uh, thank you for your time, uh, Robert. Well, thanks so much, Randy. So a lot of Canadians, if they haven't done so already, are busy planning their summer vacation. Which begs the question, where are Canadians looking to go this year? Well, the folks at Kayak love to track that kind of stuff. So I thought it might be fun to check in and see what we can find out. So joining me now is Steve Sintra. He's Country Manager of Canada for Kayak. Hi, Steve. Hey, Randy. How's it going? Good. Uh, Give me uh, some background just on Kayak for maybe somebody who doesn't uh, quite understand how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Kayak is a uh, a meta-search in the travel space. Uh, We focus all of our energy on travel and creating tools that make it easier for for travelers to research travel uh, and to ultimately make a confident travel decision about where they're going and how to get there. So you don't actually do the bookings, you just find the sites uh, that people can book on based on their criteria, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, previously people had to go to either various different agencies or to a bunch of different websites to compare prices. Uh, And we try to take the hassle out of that for you by pulling it all into one easy-to-use location so you can compare all of your options in in one place. And this is how you can come up with all your stats so you know where people are going and how much uh, flights are and those types of things, right? Exactly. So that gives us a, a lot of good insight into you know, like you said, where people are going, what some trending cities are, what's happening to prices, um, and really a lot of, you know, exciting stuff on what's going on in, in Canada this summer. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, what is going on in Canada this summer? So uh, where are uh, people headed mostly? Yeah, so we think that, um, you know, this weekend a lot of people travel to Toronto based on what we've seen. Uh, that was actually the number one trending destination for six different provinces. And then... Um, you know, in Alberta, we actually had an interesting trend where London was the top destination. Seeing a lot of, uh, when it comes to flying within Canada, flying within Canada is very expensive uh, in general, but are is, are flights going up in price in general, you're seeing, or are they leveling off, are they staying? Because we do have a, a lot of competition opening up in the next uh, little while as far as uh, low-cost carriers, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. So um, good news for uh, for once in terms of domestic travel. Um, this Canada Day, we actually saw prices on average come down 19% versus last year. Uh, so we think that translated to a lot more people traveling. Uh, and overall this summer, we're seeing prices down 20% year over year. Um, I'm sorry, 20% versus three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen a general trend that domestic flight prices have come down. Um, and you know, to your point, we think there are a few different factors. 
but low-cost carriers is certainly one of them, and um, that's made a big, big impact as of late. Mm-hmm. And then you have with the low-cost carriers is the uh, secondary uh, airports that they're using. I'm thinking uh, two main ones, uh, Hamilton and Abbotsford. Is uh, obviously you're seeing an increase in those destinations, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely showing up in the data that we see on our end. Um, you know, Abbotsford has become a really great hub for Vancouver, uh, and Hamilton's been an awesome hub in Toronto. So um, we're definitely seeing spikes um, in both of those cities, um, you know, very significant spikes. So outside of Toronto, any surprises that uh, stood out for you that maybe uh, people might not think of uh, traveling to? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think there are a couple different, a couple different um, destinations that come to mind. Um, I mean, domestically, we talked about Abbotsford and Hamilton. Edmonton is also one that's popping up. Um, then, you know, across the border, um, we're actually seeing Hawaii pop up. Um, it's become way more affordable as of late. Um, we've actually seen flight prices drop 30% for this Canada Day weekend versus last year. So, um, you know, some, some new routes that have been added uh, from Western Canada to Hawaii, we think contribute to that. Plus, it's a pretty easy commute over there, right? It's, um, you know, you've got some direct flight options of less than six hours from Vancouver. And it's not just about flights at Kayak. Uh, um, you can search for it's hotels. You can search a whole package, right? So let's talk a little bit about hotels. What about the price of hotels? Have you, uh, obviously, in the summertime, it gets a little more expensive, does it? Um, yeah, so we definitely see some fluctuations throughout the year. Um, the hotel market has been, or the hotel industry has been pretty, pretty interesting this year. So, as we've seen some significant decreases on the on the flight side, uh, so in Toronto for the, you know this Canada Day weekend, prices are down about 14 percent, um, whereas hotels are down about three percent for the same weekend year over year. Um, so we're not seeing as big of a drop, um, and in certain cases, due to the increased demand, we actually think that we're seeing uh, or we are seeing an increase in prices. And what about like who has like the the best hotel rates across Canada? Like if I'm looking for uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, a nice uh, vacation, I don't want to spend too much in a hotel, where would I find them? Yeah, and I mean, again, that's why, you know, that's why a tool like Kayak coming to a, a meta search where we can show you all of your options uh, is the best bet. So coming to Kayak, uh, you're going to be able to see all of the options for the particular date and the destination you're looking for. Um, and we also have a packages vertical um, that will combine flights and hotels for you. So if you're going, you know, if you're looking for a vacation south of the border in Mexico in Cancun, um, you know, there are some, you know, there are some providers out there that offer really great packages that are all inclusive that include uh, a car transfer from the airport. That could be a great deal for you. And now tell me a little bit about uh, something new that you have called Trip Huddle. Yeah, it's, um, so we're really excited about Trip Huddle. Um, It's a new initiative and it came from a study we did earlier this year where we found that 35% of Canadians uh, get really stressed out by planning trips for friends and family. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, and judging by your laugh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you know the drill. Um, but, um, you know, we're seeing this statistic. We really wanted to, to help build a tool um, to help relieve some of the stress. So the idea is that Trip Huddle is going to be an easy central point of connecting different travelers. So uh, we want to be able to easily get a group together, um, and that starts with the planner. So it's as easy as the planner creating the group with a name, 
um, and then sending out invitations to all of the parties that are going to be part of this group. Um, then you can add in a variety of different dates, uh, some different destinations, different hotel options, and then you just have the group vote on it. So we're hoping that this tool really does a nice job of facilitating the, the group travel process uh, and really easing some of the stress that Canadians are feeling. So then they can all sort of log in and see what's going on and make their input, no matter where they live in, in, the, in the country, or I guess that matter for the wor- in the world, right? Yeah, exactly. We think this is a great tool to bring people together, hopefully stimulate group travel, um, and again, just make it easier and relieve some of that stress. <laughs> so any tips on uh, finding a, a cheap flight, for example? I mean, they used to say, book a flight at midnight on Tuesday, because that's when you'll find the cheapest. I don't even know if that's true or not. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's a myth. But uh, anything like that that uh, people might be able to follow? Yeah, and that's... <laughs> That's, a, that's an interesting question, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of those are definitely myths that we've seen out in the marketplace. Um, what we can tell you is that prices do vary pretty significantly based on how far out you look for your prices or for your flights. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on where you're going, um, you know, we do have some recommendations. If you're looking for um, travel to North America, we'd recommend looking uh, about a one month out. That, that tends to be the sweet spot for finding the best prices. Um, and if you're traveling to somewhere um, like Europe, we'd recommend taking a look at six months out, right? We tend to see the lowest prices for travel at that point. You can also uh, sign up for uh, like a, a, new, a notice, right? If I'm flying to wherever, uh, you can keep track of it and send me notices saying, hey, the price is this, the price is that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Trip Alerts, which is, again, it's another really neat tool that we have on site. And the idea is that instead of you having to come to the site and constantly research, we want to send you that information when the prices drop and when we have, you know, really great deals for the search that you're looking for and the dates that you're looking for. Um, So again, instead of you having to do all the work, uh, we want to help with a tool that pushes that information out to you so you know when the best time to book is. Good stuff. Steve, St- Steve Sintra is uh, Country Manager of Canada for Kayak. Again, the website, ca.kayak.com. Uh, thanks for all your uh, insights, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Randy. And that's this week's Informed Traveler podcast. We want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a moment, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca.